The Plant Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. Welcome to the Plant Powered Show Pop-Up Podcast, the ultimate destination for anyone seeking advice on plant-based products and hoping to find ways to reduce their environmental footprint while still enjoying a vibrant and fulfilling life. And I highlight vibrant now because that's exactly where this conversation is going. My name is Sean Lewitz and you're in for an absolute treat. Alia Ferguson, welcome to the Pop-Up Podcast Studio. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Um, It's only a pleasure to have you. And I say vibrant because Alia's vibrant life is exactly how you are known in the online sphere. And if I may, your skin is incredible. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your skin is is also an outside indication of what's going on inside. There's also a little bit of genes thrown in there. My father's Persian. My mother's Danish. So I got a very good far-flung gene mix. We all know that that's a good story for us as far as health is concerned. So I will definitely salute my father on, uh, on, on the skin front. But it definitely makes a difference in terms of your nutrition, for sure. And the, the idea of, of uh, calling um, my blog uh, and my Insta vibrant was because I, I just feel that is how food should be and your approach to food should be. You know, we're all looking for very much a higher vibration of food and living on the whole. You know, we're not just prepared to just live an average life. We really want to live it kind of in stereo. So, and, and I think it covers everything for me. And it's not just about food then, you know? Yes, yeah. 100%. Well, would you mind then maybe unpacking a little bit how you found your way into naturopathy and, and nutritional therapy? Sure. So, look, I, I've always grown up in a very food-centric and a healthy food-centric family. Uh, my father, from when we were young, was you know, we were eating like a macrobiotic diet and things when people mostly didn't have a clue. I remember I had a brother who was lactose intolerant. I think we had to import like loads of soya milk from somewhere because it wasn't even available at the time in the UK. Um, so there was already this understanding of food being used for, for, for health. So I grew up with that philosophy and also this approach of preventative, uh, preventing uh, illness rather than waiting to get sick and curing it. So that's my foundation. Um, But I actually got quite ill in my early 20s. I um, was scouted out by some modeling agency and then, uh, you know, you're 14 years old. um, And from 14 until I was 20, I was became very controlling over my food and very obsessive over it in order to be part of that world. Um, It made me very unwell. And uh, I was exhausted all the time. My hair started falling out. I would bruise really easily. Um, And also, you know, you become a bit mentally uh, unwell as well in that process. And I just remember I had this moment at 21 when I was struggling to walk up. It was actually the National Gallery in London. And at the top, I just felt like I was almost going to collapse. And I just had this moment of realization that I was actually killing myself. And I was not prepared to live life that way anymore. And, And then I embarked on this whole journey from there, studying nutrition, wellness, personal training as well. I'm a qualified personal trainer. And uh, I, I looked at naturopathy because I love this idea of a holistic approach to well-being. So, yes, of course, I'm not dismissing a nutritionist or any one of these individual uh, uh, people are not able to help you. But ultimately, you know, if you are eating the most perfect diet, but you're incredibly stressed and incredibly unhappy, you can actually not absorb the nutrients you need from that food. And you can also be extremely unwell if you're not sleeping well, um, the same thing. So, you know, you have to look at your, your life from a very holistic perspective, your environment. Are you doing what you love? You know, are you enjoying your life? 
These are all things which have to be looked at holistically. And naturopathy approaches health from that perspective with a real understanding that the body does have the capability to heal. Uh, look, I'm not going to dismiss mainstream medicine at all. I, I, if anything, I see myself as much as an integrated therapist from that way because I love the fact we have modern day science and there's amazing medications out there and they're wonderful. But I do think you need to support the body. So then give me a common example then pertaining to why someone might seek advice from, in this case, a nutritional therapist like yourself. So you might have somebody who's suffering from chronic fatigue or they're really not uh, sleeping well or maybe they have digestive issues. Could also be that their GP has told them their diet's not good. Maybe they've got diverticulitis. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but this is a very Western disease and 97% in the uh, people in the States are not eating enough fiber. Um, so we're having all of these Western, very uh, processed diet uh, uh, sort of degenerative diseases, which are actually very prevalent in modern society. And the sad thing is, or the, the positive thing is, you could say, is they're completely preventable. Okay. So you often get people who are having, it will be more like digestive complaints, chronic fatigue, these kind of uh, sort of situations, I'd say. And, and speaking into what you were mentioning a little bit earlier, sometimes we don't realize that it's it sounds so silly, but so often as kids, we were told, you know, you are what you eat. We really are what we eat. It seems like just a throwaway comment, but what are we yes. putting in? Are we putting good things in? And are we, as you say, taking a holistic appro approach yes. to everything in our environment, yes. all of those inputs? Well, I think, it, we, we, yes, um, um, there is a, a bit more of a, a, an understanding, I think, these days that, you know, you're, you know we, we are also what we think and, you know, our words. And so, that, again, it's very much holistic. But I think back to the thing of we, we are what we eat, yes, but also you don't know sometimes what your body's doing to that food. Uh, and I think that's also very important. I mean, one of the things I do with people once I've gotten to keep a food diary and we've looked at all various factors and we're still a bit confused um, is a stool analysis. And I know that that sounds a bit nasty, um, but it's really the best way to see if the person's eating really what looks like a perfect diet on the outside, what is their body actually doing to the food on the inside? And that can sometimes be a product of genes, but it can also be a product of stress. Um, you know, you can eat the same meal and one day it not benefit you at all and bloat you because maybe you are stressed or you were eating in a hurry or whatever. And the same meal three days later and you feel fine. So, yeah. And that then I assume speaks to gut health if you're talking about what's going on inside. A hundred percent. I mean, I think, again, this is not, I'm, I'm not saying anything new here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, the, the gut is now, we acknowledge it as your second brain. And really, even in, you know, days gone by when we didn't have this understanding of the, the gut microbiome, people would say gut feeling. I mean, that this that we know you feel things from that area of your body. It's just, a, we know that, you know, when you feel nervous or upset or anxious, you feel it there. You don't feel it in your head. Mm -hmm. It's an actual physical bodily response. Mm -hmm. So you've got all of these receptors there, you know, and there's a whole living, there's a whole party going on there that we don't know about. Um, and you definitely want it to be a party and not sort of like a, a, a doomsday situation. Everybody yeah. up against the walls, yeah. standing like wallflowers. Oh, we joke. You're a mom to two active teenage boys. Yes. And... A, a two-year-old? She's 28 months, so she's almost two and a half. 
But yes, she's a, a product of COVID. Um, husband and I were bored at home, had nothing else to do, had to spend time with each other. No, 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 I, I, I jest. Um, so, but the boys are 17 and 15, so it is quite a gap. Um, but it's a real, real privilege to have the opportunity to be a mum second time round, a um, bit older, a bit wiser, a bit calmer. Um, and to, yeah, it's, it's the most incredible process to see a human being unfolding yeah. and be their guardian. And, uh, and she loves her food. So oh, that good. makes me very good. happy. Well, I wanted to throw back a little bit to what you were speaking about when you were growing up and how um, food yes. and the wellness was definitely integrated into your experiences. 100%. So I assume, do you monitor your kids' health very closely? How do they respond to all of this? So I think the first and foremost thing is it's quite clear in our household food's important. My boys see that. And I'm not sort of uh, dissing any mum or any dad who doesn't take the time to cook. I know how busy we all are. And a lot of people are hustling hard. But, you know, for me, it is, it's a primary importance to make sure we have really good food in the house for the week. Um, and I plan for that. And they see me doing that. They help me also prep. Uh, they both pack their own lunches. They're both aware of, uh, you know, what components need to be present for them to be in good health. They're both health conscious. I mean, they're 17 and 15 now. Um, they can both make a nice meal for themselves. Um, but they are aware. And from when they were very small, I mean, even with my little daughter, you know, I always encourage her when she has a wee um, to have a look and see if it's clear. And if it's not clear, she needs to go drink more water. You know, all of these little... I remember with my boys when they were little, they were so proud of themselves when it was clear. And I mean, it sounds like a very silly thing, but all these little tools, helping them understand, have that connection between what they're putting in their body and what is coming out. And they're never too young to start learning. I speak to my daughter very much like I do to the boys. You know, if she's had something with sugar, we've had a breakfast with fruit and she wants more. She wants another apple. I'll explain to her, no, you can maybe have one later, but we have to eat something else first. And they understand all this information. But I think the primary thing is seeing that it's important. If you're living in a home and it's not important to anybody and it's an afterthought, it's not something that's central. I grew up with it being central in my home space. My grandmother lived with us, a paternal grandmother. And it, from dusk, you know, for the minute she got up, she was thinking about what we were going to eat and we were prepping and I'd sit with her and help separate the herbs and wash them and prepare. So there's this idea that it was valuable. Um, and I think in Western society, there's this idea for a lot of people, it's more glamorous to buy something in or eat out. Where, where we came from, where my father came from in Karbala as well, you know, he said only people who had no family ate in restaurants. You ate with other people, you ate in homes. People who ate in restaurants were poor or didn't have family or didn't have connection. You know, and we've completely sort of turned it sort of on its head. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's very, very interesting. Wow, that blows my mind. Mm. I was on your website, strolling you, not going to lie. Muhammara, did I pronounce that correct? Yes, Muhammara. Muhammara. That's an ingredient that you've included in a recipe for Syrian red pepper dip. I've never heard of that. Muhammara is actually the dip. The ingredient is the pomegranate molasses. Oh, wow. Yes. So the pomegranate molasses is, I mean, it's basically just reduced fresh pomegranate juice. Um, with a little bit of lemon juice thrown in, depending on how sour the pomegranates will be. Okay. And it's used as a condiment in lots of Persian and uh, not lots of Middle Eastern food on the whole, but lots of Persian food and also in Turkish food because it gives you that piquant sweet sour thing. So, for example, in that dip, we've got toasted walnuts, roasted red peppers. But when you add a touch of that uh, pomegranate molasses, it gives this tart sort of sweet sourness. And I think we all acknowledge again in, in the food space that acid balance in food is 
what really makes it yummy. Mm. Yeah. Is that the thought then behind combining tahini with chocolate chips in a cookie? Well, no, the tahini, that's that's to try and make a grain-based, a non-grain-based uh, cookie um, that uh, tastes good, that has a good mouthfeel um, and, it, you know, it all comes together quite nicely and the tahini just is quite useful for that. There's another recipe online which is a, a grain-free cookie which uses peanut butter. Ooh. So that was the thinking was why don't we just use tahini and so tahini is really high in calcium. It's got a whole different nutritional profile to peanut butter and if you use it in tandem with the other ingredients in that recipe you don't need to use flour. Amazing. Amazing. Okay and there's a host of those types of recipes on your website. Of course we'll include the link in the show notes. Is there an ingredient that you are never without in your kitchen? I hate it when people ask me this question. Oh, I'm sorry, I did. I really do, no. but I no. I mean, to be honest, my 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 island bucket list thing, like if I could only take one thing, would be coffee. Okay, <laughs> being honest. But yes. in terms of ingredients, I would say lemons. I really would say lemons because as much as I love garlic. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's too overpowering. But lemons, because of the acidity in them as well, they can transform so many things. They can also transform that garlic. You know, if you want onions to put on things, then, you know, just soaking them for uh, 10 minutes in some lemon juice beforehand takes out that, you know, that sort of real strong chemical feeling that sits in the back of your mouth when you yes. eat onions and, and it it changes everything. So it's a bit of a magic ingredient. Um, and I do often think, certainly in savory foods and soups and stews, often when I've tasted it at the end and I'm like, oh, it's missing something, just that squeeze of lemon juice changes everything. And it, I think it's quite a sort of, it raises the sort of flavor profile of everything, makes it a lot more exciting. Do you think similar can be said for other citruses or lemon specifically? Lemons and limes. Yeah. But then lime also has a specific... It does. It has a bit of an extra flavor into mm. it. Lemons are a lot cleaner mm. somehow. Mm. It doesn't interfere too much mm. with the flavors the rest of the flavors. Yeah. Absolutely love what you're saying and your energy as well. Alia, thank you so much for your time. You're uh, very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Links, of course, in the show notes. You can go and check out Alia's vibrant life. The Plant Powered Show brings together top local and international chefs, celebrity cooks, mixologists, health and wellness experts, as well as plant-based food, drink, and conscious living products and brands. Subscribe to the Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast, and you can join me each week as we delve a little bit deeper into the world of plant-based living. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Plant Powered Show for the latest updates, mouth-watering recipes, and engaging content. The Plant Powered Show pop-up podcast is brought to you by Latitude Apart Hotel and the City of Cape Town. 